It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Harry Hurley filling in today for Brian. Brian will be back tomorrow, so no worries. Partnering with Allison, Eric, and Pete, privileged to be here. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Very important day, which I don't think is getting its due, and I have a theory behind that. We'll get to that in just a moment. But my good friend, Michael Harrison, who has an amazing publication, Talkers Magazine, which picks 100 people, plucks them out of an industry of many, many thousands, and has decided that Brian Kilmeade sits high on its Mount Rushmore of talk radio in America. And keep in mind, that means there's only room for four. And Brian Kilmeade deservedly is one of them. You can follow Brian at BrianKilmeade.com, BrianKilmeadeShow.com. Brian, as you know, is also a New York Times bestselling author. Brian's latest book is available right now, and he's on an amazing book tour as we speak. Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and their battle to save America's soul. We did a book review on our morning show with Brian, and it was absolutely captivating. What Brian has achieved in, and I call it remembering to remember, I believe that Brian Kilmeade, and it's not just that we're here filling in for him, so we're blowing smoke. I believe that Brian Kilmeade is one of the most important broadcasters in American history. And what he does in terms of the historical writings that he does in his various best-selling books, and, and he this is very rare, but Brian is an author that when he picks a topic and he does a deep dive always, he does the homework, and he puts out a great product, it's always a bestseller. And, and that's not just because Brian Kilmeade is famous. It's, he is. It's also because people know that Brian is going to tell a story either that hasn't been told or hasn't been told correctly or hasn't been told with the layers that Brian goes into these things. Uh, all the details about Brian's current book tour, including it's a great Christmas gift, BrianKilmeade.com. Uh, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. We um, have to begin because December 7th, 80 years ago today, full disclosure, I am the proudest son of a World War II hero, a Bronze Star Medal honoree, multiple Purple Hearts. Uh, When I think about how we are forgetting to remember things, November 22nd came and went. Fox News did it. Brian did it. A handful of people did it. I did it. But almost no one even mentioned President Kennedy. It's as though we are, we've created a deep demarcation line and certain things are no longer important. And certainly, December 7th, it is Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. I think that's how we should put it. It's not happy Pearl Harbor Day or any of these goofy things that some people say. The attack on Pearl Harbor until September 11th, 2001, was the greatest loss of life, the, the most significant terrorist attack, if you will, in American history, a surprise military strike by the Imperial Japanese Navy Air Service upon the United States, really unthinkable. Although if you look into history, and I know Brian has, there was chatter, but I haven't gone into the camp of FDR knew we were going to get attacked. I just don't want to believe that. 
but it was our entry. Uh, we, we came unwillingly, but it was American presence within the war, of course, changed everything. My father was part of a very important battle, the battle for Cebu, Philippines Island. And uh, I don't have time to talk to you about that today on Brian's show. But I will say in general, we're losing our World War II heroes by the hour, by the day. And it won't be too far into the future where we will hear the statistic that in terms of records that we know, there could be some that just because this was the greatest generation and they never talked about what they did. And there were legitimately fires in terms of records and things like that. So there could be a time where there might be a World War II veteran still alive and we just don't know it. But we will hear in the not too distant future that there's no more World War II living survivors. And that would be an amazing time in and of itself. Uh, If you do the honors, Eric, cut 23. uh, Somebody had something to say about this and it changed really the trajectory of everything. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. President Roosevelt, and then, as you know, the rest, as they say, is history. And if you look at the statistics of what was involved here and assets that were hit and lives that were lost. It was immense. And it brought us into World War II. And then, of course, uh, the United States of America. We do what we always do when we set our minds to the task. We win. We didn't properly manage Vietnam. So some people say it's the only war that we've ever lost. Some people will bring up Afghanistan. That was not a shining moment. When you leave Americans and you leave billions of dollars of equipment and the military is leaving before the last American, that's also something that I believe will be when the dust settles, that will be properly written about because obviously in the in the interest of partisan politics, the true story of that always goes through the the meat grinder, the prism of the partisan lens, which never, never comes out good. Why do you think you can bring all this down to uh, the common denominator? Why do you think there is a portion of the American people that just want nothing to do with the government or don't trust the government relative to the COVID-19 vaccines because they're so used to their government lying to them with ease? So in the beginning of Brian's show today, we wanted to remember to remember Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day 80 years ago today. And you will hear very few programs around the country even mention it. And again, you can pick your reason why. I I just have a theory that America turns the page on certain things like the Kennedy assassination. That used to be the lead of every story on November 22nd. It was the top of the fold. It was your newscast. It was everywhere, every every minute, every day, uh, every year until it wasn't. And that, that had a shelf life of about 50 years. Now we're on Remembrance Day, 80 years removed and few will remember very proud to to report that fox news radio has remembered today 
And on our station, we carry Fox News the top of every hour and most of the Fox News radio talkers. And we remembered to remember. And I know that the Fox News channel has as well. So let's pivot. I I think it's um, important to go right to where we are now. And this is another issue that you're going to hear more and more about. And that is what's happening with Russia and Ukraine. This phone call, and and I, I really am not a big fan of these wide telegraphed type deals where there's a lot of reporting. The president has this very important phone call with Russian President Vladimir Putin, and he's going to tell him the what what and all of this. I, I just I don't like any of that. Let us know you're going to have a call. Let us know how it goes. Please let us know what you said during the call, because we really do need to know. No doubt about that. But this 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 buildup to then nothing. If you if you remember anything about the Joe Biden administration, you should you should always look at it through this unimpeachable lens of the former president of the United States, Barack Obama, who said and never denies that he said it. And it should be reported more often than it is. Never under quote, never underestimate Joe Biden's ability to F something up. If that's not an exact quote, it's an exact paraphrase. So when you look at all these things we've seen, should you be surprised that Afghanistan and we'll talk later in the program about that for a bit? Should you be surprised? That every one of these moments of truth seem to go sideways, even including COVID-19 and the vaccine. Now, look, I know Brian is fair. I'm a fair-minded person. You can't hold a sitting president accountable for that a new variant will come along. There has never been a coronavirus in the history of the world cured. You get things to the point where you go from pandemic to endemic and you learn to live with it societal wise. So I don't I don't hold Joe Biden accountable that in South Africa there is uh, this, quote unquote, variant of concern. The Omicron. And that they just went hog wild with it is my criticism. I think the American people, because keep in mind, South Africa did what China didn't do. China didn't tell the world in a timely manner about what had been unleashed. And whether you believe it happened in a wet market or you believe, as I do, that it was whipped up in that Wuhan uh, lab, that's what I believe, that virology lab, that's where I think it happened. Uh, We don't seem to be anxious enough. That's another fault I have of President Biden that and maybe he's compromised. Maybe he just it's not important to him. I don't know. It would be very important to me. You got to know where something came from, how it happened so that you can help then with every solution that will come from that point forward. We don't seem to be concerned about how it happened. We're just giving China a pass on that. That's wrong. But South Africa didn't do that. Fauci's equivalent, if you will, or an equivalent of sorts, Coetzee, timely manner, tells the world. We have the Omicron, and I think it was B something, 
you know, 5129 or something, and then it became named Omicron. She told the world as quick as you could ever ask someone collegially, professionally, responsibly, and that was helpful because then it helps you make decisions. The thing that was not appropriate, and I believe this is where the politics of COVID-19 have become so problematic. I believe there would be at least 10% or more of the American people vaccinated if political games were not played. I take phone calls and someone says, I'll get the vaccine when Joe Biden opens up the border as though one has anything to do with the other or closes the border rather. What's what's there's no there's no connection between that. That makes no sense. She told the world we have a variant of concern and the variant of concern was because it had mutated more than any variant previous. At one point it was 26. Now I think it's 50 mutations. But she said that our data tells us that it is very mild. Now, I, I believe our financial markets would not have taken the hit that they did if we would have intellectually, honestly announced to our country and, and to the world that there's a variant. And because it has more mutations, we're going to call it this. But that variant of concern shouldn't mean that you would meet because anybody that's a layperson, any reasonable person would assume, oh, my gosh, this is more infectious. This is more lethal. Uh, that doesn't it doesn't seem to be the case. Even if it's more infectious, it does not appear to be more lethal. And that's where Pete and Eric and I, in our pre-show meetings, we were talking about things such as every type of coronavirus, any type of virus, it wants to live. That's the point. It wants to live, and it doesn't want to kill the host because if it kills you— it's committed suicide. So it does weaken over time. We should have been given a sobering assessment, and I believe that people would not have been panicked. We have so much more to share with you, including, yes, what does a diplomatic boycott mean? We'll get into that right after the break uh, with this great team from the Brian Kilmeade Show of Allison, Eric, and Pete. I am humbly yours, Harry Hurley. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. As many of you know from your own life experiences, a life in so-called blue-collar work is something to be proud of. It is very rewarding to work that has impact on your friends, your neighbors, and your family's lives. Great successes can be had in the blue-collar career. There's no degree requirement for achieving comfort, peace, and freedom. While schools cut shop classes and funnel students into colleges, there are plenty of options for hard workers who are ready to take advantage of open positions. Many young people today assume that college is the only way to achieve success in life. That is not true. Let me introduce you to Ken Rusk. Ken spent his younger years digging ditches and working in construction. He never went to college. Instead, he made goals, planned, and worked hard for 30 years. Now Ken is a successful entrepreneur with multiple businesses and revenue streams. In his national best-selling book, Blue Collar Cash, Ken shares his insights from over 30 years of working in 
Blue Collar Trades as an entrepreneur, mentor, and life coach. Now he's created a guide made specifically for you and your unique situation. This guide will give you or someone you love the tools you need to start designing the life of their dreams. You can achieve your dreams regardless of your educational background or your past. Go to KenRusk.com slash path to learn more. That's KenRusk.com slash path. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Welcome back with Allison, Eric, and Pete. Harry Hurley filling in today for Brian. Brian will be back tomorrow. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Colonel West uh, coming up after the bottom of the hour break. A lot of ground to cover with the former congressman, former chairman of the Texas Republican Party, and Republican candidate for governor of Texas, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West on the Brian Kilmeade Show in just a little bit. I want to spend a minute on this, and I want to get right to um, this Russia-Ukraine. Uh, I just believe it's it's essential that we understand exactly what the goal is here. The president, as it's being telegraphed to us, is expected to give Putin some kind of stern warning of sorts uh, against attacking Ukraine. Now, you know how provocative Vladimir Putin can be. Experts that measure these things and are looking at what's happening on the ground, they will tell you that time is running out and that hostility might not be able to be prevented between these two neighbors uh, if something doesn't happen very, very quickly. The call between President Biden and we have to wish our president well, this is a serious moment. It's a serious diplomatic moment. uh, And and certainly uh, the folks in Ukraine uh, are counting on America to be strong and to provide that type of world leadership that we're capable of doing and that we have shown in the past that we're capable of doing. The call is expected to take place around 3 p.m. London time, which is very soon because there are six hours ahead of us, which would mean that in the next 33 minutes or so, I believe uh, that call is supposed to uh, to take place. And, of course, if we hear anything during today's show, you'll, you'll be the first to know, and, and certainly the great coverage of Fox News Radio, Fox News Channel will be all over it. But give you, that's sort of a quick deep dive from my perspective. Let's share with you what the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki has to say about Russia, Ukraine, and where we are. Eric, cut eight. I would say that our objective here, uh, Cecilia, is uh, conveying uh, diplomatically that uh, this is the moment uh, for Russia to pull back their military buildup at the border, that diplomacy is the right path forward here, but that we are going to continue to... Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. Coordinate closely with our partners, our transatlantic partners, on a range of economic sanctions and steps that couldn't be taken should uh, President Putin decide to move forward. And we cannot have any ambiguity here whatsoever in this White House. This president has not projected strength and consistency very much over the past 11 months. Eric, cut nine. I think the president will be clear, uh, as we have conveyed publicly, uh, that we have been preparing a range of economic sanctions or economic options that could have a detrimental impact on the Russian economy. In terms of what level of detail, I will leave the president the space to do that. 
And finally, just a moment before the break, and then we'll come back with Colonel West, and we'll be talking about some of these matters all over again from his wide spectrum of observation, member of Congress and so on and so forth, and of course someone who has served in Afghanistan. Uh, This diplomatic boycott about the Beijing Olympics, which are right around the corner, it would seem to me, this is Jimmy Carter 2.0, what is a diplomatic boycott? If you're going to be at the games, you're going to be at the games. This almost appears weaker than weak. We'll be back with Colonel West in just a moment. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. It's the Hammer Time Podcast. Fox News Channel's Bill Hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day. Find Hammer Time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Harry Hurley partnering today with Allison, Eric, and Pete. Brian will be back tomorrow. What an important moment of today's program, and in particular on Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day, which too few members of the media and too few Americans are even going to be thinking about today. Eighty years ago today, we opened up Brian's program today with a brief monologue about the significance of December 7th, 1941. And if we fast forward to what America did, our World War II American heroes literally saved the world. They came home, humble heroes who never really talked about it ever again. And they went back to work and had families and some left families and came back home to families. I mean, truly incredible. And then we think about Afghanistan. And in the impressive bio of former Congressman Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, the Texas gubernatorial candidate, senior fellow at the Media Research Center, former congressman from Florida's 22nd Congressional District, and the author of books, Hold Texas, Hold the Nation, Victory or Death, and We Can Overcome, an American Black Conservative Manifesto. And you can uh, reach Alan. His handle is uh, on social media, at Alan West. And I point to this portion of the lieutenant colonel's resume. He was positioned in Kandahar, Afghanistan. He was an advisor to the Afghan National Army. So can you imagine? Now, this is my first opportunity to ever speak with Colonel West, but it, it, and it's an honor, and I, I thank you, Colonel West. Welcome to Brian's program. It was good to be with you, Harry, and uh, happy remembrance of Pearl Harbor Day to you and to our listening audience. And, you know, when I was listening to you talk, it's incredible because you were talking about World War II. And, of course, my dad served in the United States Army in World War II as a corporal. And then, as you just mentioned, the two and a half years that uh, I spent over in Afghanistan. But, you know, I was up in New York City this past weekend, and I'll never forget Uh, Sunday morning, I got up and had a nice run and went down past ground zero uh, because I had not been there for quite some time. And that was just a remembrance of the Pearl Harbor of our generation uh, and how we must answer that call. And we did answer that call in Afghanistan, but for whatever reason, we did not have the commitment and staying power to do what was right necessary to defeat this enemy like our forefathers and foremothers did in World War II. And Colonel West, that was my hook on this between the two. And my dad, just for your information, we're contemporaries. My father also served in the U.S. Army, Bronze Star Medal Award recipient, multiple Purple Heart recipient. And it just burns me when I see the way that our president cut and ran. I can only imagine and and why I feathered your time in Afghanistan and your significant role as an advisor to the Afghan National Army 
You've got the cred. You know. You know what should have gone down. We should have never left Americans there and had the military leave first. We never should have left billions of dollars mm-hmm. worth of incredible uh, weaponry that we now know in, in terms of giving the, uh, the Taliban the opportunity to sell it for so many billions of dollars and also the reverse engineering that's going to happen mm-hmm. because the equipment is now going to get into the hands, you know, of China and everyone else that, that, that they want to give it to. This was done so irresponsibly, so backwards. A child would say, well, you get all the Americans out first, then you get all of our equipment out second, and then the military comes home. Am I right about that? No, you're absolutely right. The uh, Afghanistan will go down as the greatest strategic, operational, and tactical blunder in the history of the United States of America. And, you know, when you think about the great uh, triumphs that came after Pearl Harbor, the, the, the naval battle at Midway, or you think about our, you know, op- D-Day, the Operation uh, Overlord and the invasion of Normandy, uh, all of those things we remember in studying our history. No one is going to want to talk about the the means by which we uh, withdrew from out of Afghanistan, how we had taken the leadership of the Taliban off the battlefield. Just imagine if, you know, we had taken the leadership of Japan off the battlefield, but then for whatever reason, we reinstated them right back in and, and allowed Imperial Japan to come right back. I mean, in those days, remember, we shot down. We got the intel that told us about Admiral Yamamoto, who was yeah. the architect of Pearl Harbor, and we shot him down out of the air. But look at what we have done. We released the the senior leadership of the Taliban from Guantanamo Bay, and they're right back in charge. And so when you see them parading with American U.S. military equipment, when you know that China is going to occupy Bagram Air Base. It is really a slap in the face of the men and women who spent, you know, so many years over there in Afghanistan to keep Islamic terrorism from ever being able to reach out and touch us here in the United States of America again. So well said, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline. And also, too, uh, unless you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I am right about this, there are still Americans who want to come home, correct? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, the media, they're just a, a foregone entity right now. No one is talking about it. As a matter of fact, when we look and see what has happened with this, you know, vaccine mandate, remember that it was Joe Biden who stepped up to the podium in the middle of this debacle in Afghanistan. And he said those infamous words, uh, this is not about your freedom. So he did not care about the freedom of Americans that were trapped over there in Afghanistan. He didn't care about the freedom of Americans that are here and trying to come up with this unconstitutional invasion of our bodies. So when we sit back and look at this year, 2021, I think Americans have to be absolutely appalled. And especially when we think about this day, uh, which was a day that will live in infamy. Uh, we've had a lot of days that will live in infamy in this year in this new Biden administration. Such an important reminder how we used to do it. We, if we went to war, we went to war to win, to, to yes. leave so weak. And it's just it's it boggles my mind. And I have to believe I, I know the soldiers follow orders and I, I have to believe and you you have contacts and things that most of us don't mm-hmm. have an insight. Colonel West, I have to believe there are military people that were aghast as this so-called strategy was employed, and they brag about how many they got out within a certain pe- period of time. But I don't think there's any honor in bragging about how fast you retreated. 
No, there's not. And one of the things you have to remember is there are a lot of veterans and people retired from the military that did yeoman's work uh, to get a lot of Americans and Afghan interpreters out of that country, not the government. The government was standing in the way. You know, Sunday night I got the opportunity, uh, the movie Patton came on, on Stars Encore. Mm -hmm. And I was just sitting there watching this movie, watching, you know, Omar Bradley played by Carl Malden and, of course, uh, Mr. George Scott played Patton. And I thought about that contrast of generals then, or, you know, just like the generals, Admiral Halsey, uh, you know, who was the commander general of the the Pacific Fleet Forces, and compared to the generals that we had today. And the generals that we had then believed in one thing, that you had to defeat the enemy. The the generals that we have today seem more politicized, and I think that no one can argue about that when you look at General Milley, General Austin. So somehow we have got to get back to those committed generals who took an oath to the Constitution, not to an ideology, not to a political party, and they want to vanquish the enemy from the battlefield. Spot on on the Newsmaker Hotline of the Brian Kilmeade Show is Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, candidate for governor of Texas. We will mention that. We'll get to that. I want to ask you about, because this is fantastical to me, we have President Biden trashing the former President Trump, by the way, my former boss, uh, so I know him well, and you have a situation where he just, I mean, Trump's a racist. Trump's a xenophobe. I worked for him for an extended period of time. We've been friends for over 35 years. I know that neither of those labels are true. Just the opposite is true. And I think you know that. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the president called him all those names. And now he's re-implementing the Trump doctrine, the Trump stay in Mexico policy. And there's not a there's not a whimper. The Democrat media isn't saying pants on fire. Joe, are you a racist now? I mean, this is incredible, isn't it? No, it is absolutely incredible, and hypocrisy is laughable. But when you think about how uh, Joe Biden referred to President Trump as a xenophobe when he uh, stopped those flights coming into the United States of America in the beginning of the COVID crisis, and now we have Joe Biden coming out and going after seven or eight different countries in the continent of Africa – you don't have a peep from anyone. And I'm still not convinced that they're going to fully re-implement the stay in Mexico policy. I think they're going to try to slow walk it because I live down here in Texas and everything that we see happening along our southern border is intentional and is purposeful. It is unconstitutional, done by executive order. You cannot surrender the sovereignty of the United States of America or the sovereignty of the state of Texas uh, based upon an open borders uh, policy and agenda that you want to have implemented. I think you're absolutely right about that, Colonel West, because just saying that you're doing it shuts everybody up. And then we better remember to remember to look to see if you really did it. Otherwise, it was a good fake out. Yeah, it's called, Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify. And yeah. I think that's the thing that we have to do when uh, we look at what has happened. Because to this point right now, they have told the Border Patrol they don't process anyone. They're not deporting anyone. ICE is not deporting anyone. So this administration is doing exactly what they want to do, and they're flooding this country with illegal immigrants. You know, I don't think any better way to say it, Harry. The Biden administration is aiding and abetting human and sex trafficking in the United States of America. Well, I I concur. And it's not just to be your friend or to be agreeable, but it's the end result. They're allowing it to happen. They're not testing Mm -hmm. people. We you know, we have MS-13 getting through. We have uh, sex traffickers, all kinds of bad stuff coming in. Look at the bad actors now that have control of all that poppy, all the drugs. I mean, everything Mm -hmm. that's happening. And if it's not their plan, then they're pretty stupid then because it's the result. So it must be their plan. They just don't admit that it's their plan. No, you're absolutely right. And when you combine that with H.R. 1, 
that says uh, there will be no picture ID to vote, no voter registration yep. role review, uh, you know, unsolicited mail-in ballots. When you're flooding almost 2 million people into the country illegally from close to 150 different nations, that that's intentional. And you have a, a desire to undermine this constitutional republic. Colonel West, this much I know about you. You're a serious man. So you're running for governor of Texas. Uh, it's no joke because you're a serious man. Uh, if Governor Abbott was doing everything that you thought needed to be done, I'm sure you would just be supporting him and you wouldn't be challenging him. Tell us about your candidacy. Why are you taking on the incumbent governor? Well, I think we already talked about some of those things. You know, I was the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas, and I saw a lot of the legislative priorities that we uh, were advocating just got dismissed and disregarded. Uh, you look at what has happened with our border, our property tax situation, the fact that Texas, you know, was looking like North Korea, a satellite image at night when uh, we had the power outage here. We should not have those things happening here in the state of Texas. So uh, the medical freedom issues that we have here, the educational freedom issues, I just want to stand up and do what is right to ensure that Texas continues to be a beacon of liberty and freedom here in the United States of America, leads the way. And Texas cannot uh, continue down the path of not securing our border 1,254 miles because it has a detrimental effect for the rest of the people in this country. You saw the planes that landed there in Westchester County, New York, planes landing in Tennessee, planes landing in Florida with illegal immigrants. Those planes took off out of Texas. Mm. So I want to stop that and make sure that we provide safety and security and protect our sovereignty. Final minute. Let me bring up Beto O'Rourke, because this guy seems to have never met an office he didn't like or want to run for. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost it's almost like a, a, a joke, a comedy uh, sitcom at this point. I mean, he's just running for everything, losing for everything. I have to imagine that with this illegal immigration invasion that Texas has experienced as a border state, that he his policies cannot like disarm people and I'm going to take the guns and all this. I can't imagine that he's in he's got to be in worse shape than he's ever been on the ballot, isn't he? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is a pipe dream. And You know, that just goes to show you how, I guess, rock bottom the Democrat Party is. They don't have a bench. They don't have anyone that, as you say, would be a serious candidate. They continue to believe that these progressive socialists, these Marxists, are going to be the way forward. And so here's a guy that wants to run to be the governor of Texas that believes in open borders. Uh, He believes in defunding the police, and he also believes in disarming, you know, Texans. That's not going to fly here. And so uh, I, I think it's just very comical, and I look forward to being on a debate stage with him. How important is is it to you? And we can stretch this one minute, Colonel. How important is it to you, the tenor of the Republican primary, so that the strongest Republican nominee comes out of that and not a Republican nominee that's been weakened that helps better O'Rourke? Well, you're absolutely right, and I think that this is the thing. Our primary will be the first Tuesday in March, and so the people here in Texas need to pick the the best possible individual to go into the arena and be their gladiator, to be their warrior, to do the fight for them. Because the the left knows they can never control America until they control Texas. And what we have to do is we got to defeat them here uh, firmly, and that's what I intend to do. We've been visiting with Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, candidate for governor of the great state of Texas on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Thank you, Colonel. My pleasure, Harry, and Merry Christmas to you. Same to you and your family, and thank you for your service. This is a gentleman that has um, contributed so materially in the House of Representatives, the People's House, in the military, uh, a very, very significant American, a great American. We'll be back in just a little bit. This is 
The Brian Kilmeade Show. Newsmakers and newsbreakers. Hear it first, only on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Living the Bream is a podcast hosted by Fox News Channel's Shannon Bream, sharing inspirational stories, personal anecdotes, and an insider's perspective on actions and rulings from the high court. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. With Allison, Eric, and Pete, Harry Hurley filling in for Brian. Brian will be back tomorrow. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Thank you for spending this portion of your day with us. I know Brian appreciates it. I think there should be a Hunter Biden official update on every show in America every single day. There is a level of blatant intellectual dishonesty. The media knows that the laptop information that Miranda Devine and others have, they know it's true. And I'll tell you, you got to give that guy style points, the, the laptop repair guy, because he got that into the hands of other people. So that we don't even need to go to where he was thinking things could go. Very, I give him style points for doing that. So you've heard Miranda on with Brian. You know they've got the goods. They got the big guy. They've got it all. This guy's now an artist from nowhere. I mean, this is so insulting that they do this right under our noses. It's unbelievable. And they act like nothing's going on. This guy blowing paint, ink through a straw it, it it is an insult and the best way to be transparent is to be secret this is what they tell you from the podium of the press secretary of the united states there needs to be a hunter biden update every day on every program and here's ours today on the brian kilmeade show if you would eric please cut 20 biden administration today put out a big report about addressing corruption Shortly after President Biden's uh, virtual meeting with the Chinese president, uh, her son's attorney said that he has finally divested from a Chinese investment fund controlled by state-owned entities. I was hoping you could commit to uh, basic transparency about that transaction. And the second question is my colleague Miranda Devine has a new book out called uh, The Laptop from Hell. And I was hoping that you could confirm that the laptop is indeed authentic. Um, and not Russian disinformation, as you seem to suggest on Twitter last year. Well, uh, on the first, uh, the president's son is not an employee of the federal government, so I'd point you to his representatives. And as it relates to the book, I have neither, neither had the time nor interest in exploring or reading the book. Now imagine, that's Jen Psaki, uh, Jen Psaki, the press secretary for the president of the United States. Imagine President Trump's press secretary saying, uh, Don Jr., the president's son, son's daughter, not not employees of the federal government. And so I refer you to somebody else that is unserious and unacceptable. And that is our, if you will, Hunter Biden update for this edition of the Brian Kilmeade show. We'll be back in just a little bit with Allison, Eric and Pete. This is Harry Hurley filling in for Brian, who will be back tomorrow. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. The host of The Story on Fox News Channel sits down with major newsmakers each week to get their untold story. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade. 
This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Harry Hurley partnering with Allison, Eric, and Pete. Filling in for Brian, who will be back tomorrow. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. A reminder, follow Brian. He's doing a lot of great work, including, obviously, his brand-new bestseller, New York Times bestselling author Brian Kilmeade, Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and their battle to save America's soul. I read most of it. We did a deep-dive interview with Brian about it in a nice book review and I'm telling you, this holiday season, it's a, it's a great item uh, to get to somebody near and dear to you. All the details about Brian and the book tour, briankilmead.com. Welcome to the Brian Kilmead Show. On the Brian Kilmead Show Newsmaker Hotline is Andrew McCarthy, Fox News contributor, the distinguished former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, and the author of Ball of Collusion, The Plot to Rig an Election and Destroy a Presidency. And you can follow Andy on his uh, social media Twitter handle, Andrew C. McCarthy. Andy, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Harry, great to be with you. You've promoted me to distinguish this morning, so I'm. Uh, you, you, I, you've I, earned it. I, I have earned it. Bring in my step now. Good. That <laughs> makes me feel even better as we begin a definitive interview. A lot of important things to talk about. Let's talk about uh, the greatest city in the world and the outgoing mayor, who we know. I, I'm going to say we know. You, you, I don't know if you want to own my statement, but I'm going to say we know he's running for governor on his way out. He's doing a woke, broke joke thing. He's going to slap 184,000 businesses with limits that they they can't physically, humanly even possibly achieve. You look at the biggest companies in the country, in the world, even Disney, they had to abandon any plan of mandatory vaccines. Governor Comrade de Blasio, who's, you know, an admitted communist and has voted communist, he, he he loves this. He thinks it's great to be first, I guess, in the country with anything. So he's imposing sweeping vaccine mandates, as you know, Andy, on his way out the door, sticking the new mayor, Eric Adams, with, with this mess as he leaves to then do the next thing he's going to do, which I, I contend on Brian's show, is to run for governor. And he wants to have this woke cred on his way out the door. And oh, by the way, any five to 11 year old, you have seven days or you can't enter a restaurant or participate in an extracurricular school activity band. I mean, literally parents are going to be telling their children, you can't go to band, you can't go to dance, you can't go to your sports thing. I mean, Andy, this is disgraceful. It is disgraceful. And it's also cynically disgraceful because, you know, (laughs) This is the kind of thing he would never do when he was, you know, even in New York looking at reelection, right? He's doing it, as you say, on his way out the door. He knows it's never going to be applied because, uh, you know, there are already court challenges. Um, You know, he did it when he had, uh, you know, it it takes effect in three weeks and he's out in three and a half weeks or something like that. Right, exactly. He knows. you know, he knows it's the only thing he's doing is, a, as you point out, uh, appealing to this small sliver of uh, Bolshevik following that he hopes to court. And he's not even competent at drawing support from them. I mean, when he tried to go in to be a presidential candidate, um, he, he got like five times less support than Kamala Harris. That's how bad he was um, and had to sort of bow out. And he's going nowhere as governor. He's going nowhere. He, he's got no obvious skill set, uh, no future in 
governmental office where you have to actually like get people to vote for you. Um, so, you know, this is like a parting shot and it, and it, you know, maybe it's a, it's preening, but it won't, it has no effect. I mean, it's, it's going to be challenged in court and as soon as Adams comes in, he's going to reverse it. So, you know, it's just a gesture. And, and uh, mayor, elect Adams actually in a very, I think, telegraphed way, because if he was enthusiastic about it, he would have said, um, you know, thank my predecessor, you know, my predecessor. Uh, I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to stay with this. It's great policy for New York City. He, he, he very, very professionally finessed it to tell us all, just as you said, Andrew McCarthy, he's not going for this. He's the same guy that's going to increase the police presence that de Blasio took down. And I believe Eric Adams has the opportunity to be an effective mayor of New York City. And New York City needs it very, very bad, as you know. So in terms of we don't think it's actually ever really going to happen since it's set to take place about five days before Eric Adams will become actually the mayor, does this put this these 184,000 businesses and all these many thousands of parents and families with 5 to 11-year-olds that they have to have at least one vaccine dose by December 14th, does this put them in a tight spot? Because don't they have to can, – can they just play the amazing Kreskin and just say, I'm going to ignore it because you're going to be gone and I'm just not going to bother with this? Or does this really – cause problems for these businesses. I, I don't know that they can totally ignore it. I don't think they should be overly worried that it's going to become permanent. But what are your thoughts about that? Well, I think obviously you always have to take government, even bad government, seriously because it can screw your life up. Yeah. And I think that we've all had the awful experience where, you know, the, the government does something that's so preposterous that you just you, your impulse is to laugh it off. Uh, but as you know, my old friend Rush Limbaugh used to say, the things that we left off 20 years ago are mandatory today. So you have to take it seriously when uh, people who are in a position to hurt you do things that can do just that. I think, though, in this instance, what we're going to see is people will march into court, and in both federal and state court, they, they'll get a stay on this. And de Blasio will be gone, and it will never happen. Yeah, I'd be surprised if by the end of the week it hasn't it hasn't been stayed by some court. And then Adams is never going to put it into effect. So it'll be, again, it'll be a gesture that he can make to his Bolshevik following. But I don't, and I don't even, I wouldn't even call it a following. I would say yeah. the crowd that he wants to run with because he can't really even generate support <laughs> from them. Yeah, I remember his presidential support. Uh, no choice was significantly higher in the in the vote total in the polls than. De Blasio by name, I have no choice. One, well, I think tenfold no over. Would win. Yeah, it would no win over would De Blasio. Win <laughs> yes, hysterical, Andy. Andrew McCarthy on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline. All right, because the great Andrew McCarthy was going to be here on the Brian Kilmeade Show, I did a little bit of homework uh, because I, you know, you you deserve it. And I want to throw out a statistic on this because the kids only have seven days. The rest of the businesses have three weeks, as you say, till December twenty seventh. But the children 5 to 11, they have until December 14th to have one vaccine dose. So somebody's got to get before a federal judge in the next couple of days, because right now only I went right to the New York City website on this. Only about 27 percent of children ages 5 through 12, they didn't 5 through 11, but 5 through 12 
have gotten at least one dose. So 63% are not going to get vaxxed up with one shot in the next couple of days. So this is um, something they may have to take a look at, or their child may have to miss some kind of championship game or some other extracurricular activity. And it's just chaos from Comrade de Blasio. De Blasio. Yeah, it, as as we say, you know, it's about as irresponsible as it can get. Although it does it, it does do us the service, I think, uh, of this. The litigation that's gone on throughout the country has been sort of a pinprick here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the the moratorium on the uh, mortgages. The, you know, they're. They're kind of aggressive steps compared to what government has ever done before, but they're not the kind of thing that knocks you on your, off your feet and just says, wow, they're, they're really trying to do this. And I think he's just sort of accelerated it. And the benefit that we get out of this is he's kind of on fast forward. You know, he's taking the express instead of the local, but this is where they <laughs> want to take the country. So we might as well see that, and, and maybe it'll wake people up that this is what we – we need to deal with. He's in the uh, HOV lane. Yeah, well, yeah, right. But the other thing that people ought to bear in mind is, you know, there's a lot of things that you can criticize uh, Trump for rightly, but uh, the lasting legacy of his administration is going to be uh, the people that he put on these courts. Uh, because if it wasn't for the way that they assembly line confirmed good judges, uh, think of where we'd be today in the way that this would have steamrolled steamrolled over the country because without congress and with the white house in the in the hands of a you know a democrat who's you know uh senescent shall we say and uh obviously being run by um by the hard left after kind of campaigning against them if we didn't have the courts and we didn't have judges who were willing to apply the constitution and, and put a stop to this stuff my God, where would we be? Such an important point that you make, Andy McCarthy on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline. And the Trump court, I think it will be known as the Supreme Court, depending on the decisions that come out later this summer. And these other important courts just below the Supreme Court and these other federal judges, you're absolutely right. And not enough people remember to remember to bring that up, how important the record number of judges that Trump and you got to give Mitch McConnell credit, too, because I know that they mm-hmm. are my former boss is fighting, you know, with Mitch a bit. But um, they got it done. And and it's not easy, as you know, and they, they got it done with with small majorities. They found a way to get it done. And of course, the Democrats bit themselves with the, taking the filibuster rule off of some of these things, which I always knew would be the case. But thankfully, they did because none of it would have happened. The Democrats would have stopped all of these nominees that have now become judges. Let's pivot, Andy, to Michigan and this horrible uh, school shooting. Uh, and let me stip- stipulate, I am not voting for James and Jennifer Crumbly for Parents of the Year. But I am wondering what law is there? This Karen McDonald, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed with her press conference. I'm not impressed. And it's kind of funny. My sister has the same name. Uh, and it cracks me up, so I don't forget her name. Uh, but my sister isn't like that, Karen McDonald, I can tell you that. Uh, but I was not impressed with her. I wasn't impressed that the Crumblies, the parents, actually got away because of the way that she handled her television made-for-TV moment. I really believe that that's what that was about. 
and I'm trying I'm a I'm a lay person. You're an officer of the court. I'm trying to find a law in Michigan. Again, they're not parents of the year. Uh, and so I want to stipulate that on the Brian Kilmeade show. But what law is there that the parents should even be charged? Well, they're going to try to stretch it, the involuntary manslaughter uh, penal statute in Michigan. And I, I have to say, I think that there are a number of problems with that. But, I, you know, I can see why they're trying to do it. It's, it's not cut and dried that they can't do it. But here's why I think it doesn't work. Uh, number one, uh, just as a legal argument, the state of Michigan legislature had proposed, and this has happened a number of times over the years, these uh, a cap statute. Which Final minute, by the way, have, final minute. Uh, yeah, cap statute is uh, child access prevention from firearms. They opted not to enact that, which would have made criminal what the parents did, which was let the kid get access to the gun. So I think there's a good argument that the prosecutor is trying to do what the, what the legislature opted not to do, and it's the legislature's job to make the law. And then the other thing I think is just with respect to uh, the criminal statute, you need to be able to show that this was foreseeable before you can charge people with negligent or before you can convict people at least of negligent homicide. And I think they're going to have a very hard time. It's one thing to say, you know, the kid could get access to the gun and bad things would happen. It's quite another thing to say they should have foreseen that he'd hide the gun in the backpack, sneak it into school, and shoot up his classmates. I mean, that's a real stretch. Would they be better off before a judge and the law be their friend or go before a jury where uh, personal elements could come into play? 30 seconds. Yeah, You, you know, Harry, that, the reason that you don't do the trial right after the terrible thing happens is right now people are very hot and raw yeah. and they're not— really being dispassionate by the time this case gets to trial it'll be a year from now and you're quite right they might be better off in front of a judge than a jury and certainly maybe a jury out of the jurisdiction andrew mccarthy thank you so much have a great day you too be well we'll be back this is the brian kilmeade show expanding your knowledge base it's brian kilmeade Get this and all your favorite Fox News podcasts ad-free on Apple Podcasts with Fox News Podcasts Plus. Just go to foxnewspodcasts.com for all the details. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Harry Hurley partnering today with Allison, Eric, and Pete. Brian will be back tomorrow. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. And let's honor some of Brian's great affiliate radio stations like WDBO in Orlando, which I spend about probably uh, three weeks a year in Orlando, Florida. I know the station. It's a great station. Eric is calling in. Eric, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, Harry. I, I live in Edgewater, just below New Smyrna, and I'm a daily listener, too. Great to talk to you. Uh, I just wanted to share a little story. Um, they had the news on at my friend's house, and a couple of his, his son and his, a few of his friends were there. And they're talking about how uh, in Germany they're knocking on doors looking for vaccine proof. And the EU wants to drop the Nuremberg Accords. It makes you wonder if we really defeated Hitler or what. But these kids are listening to the, to the Bill de Blasio. Hmm. I don't know if anybody knows that's not his real name. But uh, 
He's talking uh-huh. about mandates and stuff. And one of these nine-year-old boys said, boy, these Democrats are idiots. So I'm wondering if Bill de Blasio and all these other actions are just, I mean, Bill de Blasio might, might as well not even try to run now, because as McCarthy says, this probably isn't going to come to fruition. And I didn't even realize that the statistic you named, that he, that uh, no choice got more votes, that's hysterical. Yeah, so- yeah. and Eric, <laughs> listen, listen, this is where they're all mixed up. The woke crowd, they actually believe that they got crushed in New Jersey and they got crushed in the Commonwealth of Virginia because they didn't go woke enough. They don't realize that America, if, if all of America had been on the ballot last November 2nd, the tidal wave, the wave election would have been biblical in proportion, epic. So they think de Blasio, re- I, I, I'm saying this with a straight face, Eric, de Blasio believes that making this mandate for little kids and for 180 some thousand businesses mandatory is a good thing. They don't think they've done enough. They don't realize that the American people has had enough of them. That's how mixed up they are. It's true. Eric, thank you so much for listening. Appreciate you listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. When we come back, we will be visiting with the former governor. He was a great governor, by the way, speaking of Orlando and Florida, and the United States senator from Florida, who is the uh, the ranking member on the Senate Homeland Security and Armed Services Committees, chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. And that's going to come in real handy next on The Brian Kilmeade Show because the 2022 midterms are more consequential. You hear people say this all the time, the most important election of my lifetime. This is an imperative. The Democrats cannot, even if you're not partisan, you don't have to be partisan. They cannot be left unchecked in majorities of both houses and the White House. It has to stop, and it will stop in less than a year, at least the election. You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Fox Nation presents podcasts, Women of the Bible Speak. I'm Shannon Bream, host of Fox News at Night and author of the new book, Women of the Bible Speak, the wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, foxnewspodcast.com, or wherever you download your podcasts. Radio that makes you think. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Partnering with Allison, Eric, and Pete, Harry Hurley, filling in today for Brian Kilmeade. Brian will be back tomorrow. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. On the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline is the former governor, current United States Senator Rick Scott, who serves these really important assignments on the Homeland Security, Armed Services Committees, and, of course, in his spare time, which he has none, chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. And we're going to go there and dive deep in the time that we have with Governor Scott because there's a lot to talk about. Governor Scott, uh, Senator Scott, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Well, do you ever just feel like, you know, you're fighting an uphill battle in New Jersey and you just want to give up and come to Florida? You know, I do about three, four weeks out of the year. Funny you should say that. (laughs) You and I have been at Disney World on the same day at the same time. I Uh, I, I will tell you, though, the results of November 2nd, when you look at the wave that happened and, of course, neighboring and now, now you imagine as the chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee, if the atmosphere of November 2nd would have been more national action and not just two off year 
gubernatorial elections, which obviously we did phenomenal with Jack Cittarelli, who I believe will be the next governor. That's been the the pattern. You know how these things go. You were a governor. When you come close Mm -hmm. in New Jersey, you're usually the next governor, and it hasn't failed in 30 years from my friend Governor Florio, who lost, to McGreevy, who lost. Uh, It it just has happened each and every time, Uh, and I think it's going to happen for Jack Cittarelli. But you, if you had been in that environment, my goodness, the wave election that we would have experienced, what do you do to make that type of um, mindset? The voters are completely dissatisfied. I believe they know that our president is almost a hologram. He's almost absent a spectator to his own presidency. This woke agenda is crazy. Uh, I don't know how they can – and they. I don't think they have figured out – they, they think they haven't done enough. So I think we're lucky in that we know that the American people don't want it. So if they go more on steroids, that the American people will dislike it even more. I think they're so broken right now. They think they lost because they didn't go woke enough. What are your thoughts? That's, that's exactly right. And, you know, the American public is smart. I always tell people, you know, I grew up in a very poor family. My adopted dad had a sixth grade education. My parents didn't have much of a formal education. But you know what? They weren't dumb. They didn't have much of an education. They're smart. What do they care about? They, they want a government that makes sure they can get a good job. They want a government that makes sure their children get a great education because that's their future. They want a government that makes sure they live in a safe neighborhood. What's the Biden administration and the Democrats done? They've killed jobs. They've caused inflation. They want to indoctrinate their kids rather than teach them, and they want to defund the police. So, so what's going to happen is there's going to be an un, there, you know, there was a wave this this November. We got Glenn Youngkin, and we almost got uh, a new a new governor. If, if I think if if people had understood how close that race was, there would have been more uh, money, uh, you know, to, to make sure we won. Uh, but it'll, like you said, it'll happen in four years. But if I think next year. There is going to be such a bloodbath against Repub- or against Democrats, not, and it's not good for our country that they're doing. The Democrats are doing all these bad things, but it's very good for politics. They are. In the meantime, we got to stop this craziness that's going yeah. on in Congress. I mean, they're bankrupt in this country. They're causing unbelievable inflation. Uh, they don't care about our military. They don't care about our border. They don't care about you know our reputation in the world. I mean, I mean, I mean, today Biden's going to have this. I think he's going to have an ice cream social with Putin. I mean, he's not going to he's not going to say, hey, what are you doing in Ukraine? You need to stop. Why are you you know, why are you doing all these bad things? Why are you you know, supporting Iran? Why are you doing all these bad things? No, he's going to say, hey, look, let's make let's be friends. You know, you know, we, we can we can be friends. You can. Well, I'll give you a, I'll give you a pipeline if you just be act like you like me. OK, he did. He took our pipelines Keystone XL and others, and he gave Russia a pipeline. How, how, how's that even defendable? Well, and then he gets in, then then he says he says, "Oh gosh, gas prices are high, so I'll release about three days worth of of, uh, of oil out of the out of the, uh, the reserve, and then I'll beg OPEC to, uh, to ship a little bit more oil." I mean, and, look at what's yeah. going to happen. Gas prices are up fifty percent. Home heating oil prices are way up. I mean, so I watched my mom. My mom and dad would turn off the heat late in the afternoon. Right. You have the us to bed as kids. There was no it was warmer in bed. <laughs> I mean, that's what's going to go on all across the northern part of this country this year, because families are going to be struggling to pay for their heating oil. And we were 11 months ago, energy independent and a net oil oh. exporter. How in the world? You know, the thing, elections have won. consequences. Harry, 
11 months. Look at what this guy's done and these Democrats have done in 11 months. I mean, it's horrible for our country. And you know what hurts? It doesn't hurt the rich. The rich are going to get get richer with inflation. You know what's going to hurt? It hurt it's going to hurt a family like mine growing up that struggles to put food on the table, struggles to pay for the gas to be able to get to work. And in the meantime, they have all these rules now that they lose their job. Yeah, I mean, it's so, who, true. so I mean, why would a government tell a private company, hey, you have to fire people? How is that? Make, how does that make any sense? And in many cases, people who were heroes a year ago now are getting fired. It's really it's it's unthinkable. It's it's terrible. It's unserious. Oh, and, oh, oh, yeah, you can't make this up in this so-called build back better, yeah. uh, which is really just reckless, reckless tax and spend. They're going to give six hundred billion dollars of tax cuts to the rich in blue states, in California, New York, Connecticut. And then they're going to they're gonna cut Medicaid in Florida and Texas. That's oh. what they're actually doing. They're going to cut care for the poor to give tax cuts to the rich. I'm not saying the, these— Yeah. Senator Scott and those just tuning into the Brian Kilmeade Show, Senator Rick Scott on the Brian Kilmeade Show, Newsmaker Hotline. I'm not saying they're, they're, they're your actual poster children— But I think what an example both Andrew and Chris Cuomo are in this critical, most important midterm election year that's already underway. You had a powerful governor doing bad things, got taken down. You have Chris Cuomo in the media doing terrible things, uh, getting involved in ways that completely break all the the tenets of journalism. Uh, He gets taken down. It's like a bank shot. uh, Letitia James got the Cuomo brothers in one shot. But I think it shows the American people, this is the Democrat Party. They talk a good game, and they talk about this, and they talk about that. But this is when you remove the curtain, open up the curtain. You you have Andrew and Chris Cuomo. This is your Democrat Party. Yeah. They don't care about the poor. I mean, they don't care about our border security. They don't care about, you know, our, our police. They don't care about our kids. I mean, look at all the things that they're doing that, that they say, oh, we care so much. If you cared, okay, you wouldn't cause inflation. If you cared, you'd support a military. If you cared, you'd support law enforcement. If you cared, you would say, yeah, parents ought to be involved in their kids' education. It's their kids. The government doesn't get to dictate what your kids learn. We're the parents. We get to make those decisions. And by the way, they just, you know, up here, we just did a continuing resolution. We don't pass budgets up here because the Democrats, they don't want to pass a budget. So here's what we just did. We funded, and what, and what just passed is continuing resolution, we funded Biden's immigration va- uh, uh, vaccine mandate, but we didn't fund the money to build our own hypersonic attack cruise missile, even though China's doing it. We didn't fund our air and def- missile defense program uh, the way we're supposed to, you know, th- you know, where we can defend ourselves against a hypersonic. We didn't fund the new rifles. So... But we got the we got the Joe Biden's vaccine mandate uh, money in there. I mean, um, um, by the way, I just went to the border two weeks ago. It's open. Mm. I mean, I got I got uh, I was there in one hour. I was on the border in Yuma. All right, five families came across, and so we just pick them up with your tax dollars. We take we pick them up and say, where do you want to go in the country? We, oh yeah, we'll have a flight tomorrow. To, you know, to whatever city you want to go to, and that's what we do. And we don't test them for for we don't test them. And you look. There's wonderful people coming across our border. But, you know, guess what? There's also drugs coming across our border, right? There's people that want to do harm to us coming across our border. So we have to have a secure border. But 
our, our border is just completely porous right now. We are visiting with United States Senator from Florida, Rick Scott, on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Senator Scott, in terms of this Build Back Better, which I think even the name is a joke, thank God it, it appears that Senator Manchin oh, it's free. is— it, Remember, it, it's yeah, free, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, and, and as you know, free is very expensive, uh, but it is free. It won't raise any taxes, and of course it's all paid for. It, it's, it's amazing, and if the American people figure it out that the middle class get crushed— with this. There's actually tax breaks for wealthy of their choosing in here. It's really insidious. It's very, very bad. And majority leader by tiebreaker only, Chuck Schumer, I give you permission to use that phrase. I just created it because he's the majority leader by tiebreaker only. Chuck Schumer, he wants that vote by Christmas. You remember, that's how we got Obamacare on like Christmas Eve. I believe that this can be stopped. And I think Manchin said as recently as the past hour on Fox News that uh, he has big problems with a lot of this. Uh, he could wind up this election, midterm election year, to be the Republicans' best friend. What are your thoughts about the timing and can Build Back Better actually be stopped when they, they, they technically on paper have the votes, but maybe they don't? Well, Schumer's trying to re- reinvent this whole country in a 50-50 Senate, and he is he's just being a complete uh, bully. Uh, trying to do these things with 50 votes, uh, just with with um, uh, hairspin the, the tiebreaker, and so and and it doesn't make any sense. One, we don't know what's in it, right? But we do know some things that they're doing. This 600 billion dollars of tax cuts to the rich uh, in California, and New York, money for you know different programs for Schumer and and Pelosi, cutting uh, uh, care for the poor. Uh, in states like Florida and Texas, in red states, we, you know, it, it just none of this makes any sense. And, and by the way, it's bankrupt in this country. There, the, this bill is first off. It they say it's one point seven five trillion dollars, right? That's a lot of money, but it's yeah. actually five trillion dollars. Five trillion dollars. And by the way, we don't. We are not even close to living within our means. And by the way, they want to spend the money, but then they want Republicans to raise the debt ceiling because that would be patriotic to raise the debt ceiling, even though the Democrats want to go bankrupt our country. Yeah, it is so crazy. I'm going to fight against all these things. I'm. I when I was governor of Florida for mm-hmm. eight years, we balanced our budget, we paid off a third of their state debt, we cut taxes and fees a hundred times, and guess what? People flocked to our state, and our revenues grew. We became number one in higher education. So what we need at the federal government is accountability and results, True. and that's what and, I'm going to fight for. And Florida, as you know, uh, let Floridians and their visitors live. And you, your reward is the lowest transmission rate probably on the planet in terms of COVID-19. The, the strictest lockdowns have turned into what now is Europe in worse case, in worse shape than they've ever been. Florida let people live. You weren't irresponsible. People were smart, but people have to live. We can't crush businesses. We've lost, as you know, one third of New Jersey businesses forever closed. Let me ask you this in terms, of, and we have two minutes, in the, in the midterm election, and I know you're the Senate side, but you don't ignore the, the, the lower chamber of the House, just needs five pickups. I mean, if we just breathe oxygen, oh, yeah. every modern election in our country's history has created a swing of at least 28 seats. So the House is one, I believe. The Senate, you know you're defending more seats than the Democrats. I believe that Warnock can be defeated, whether it's Herschel Walker or whoever it's going to be. I think he is ripe 
to be to be defeated. That's the one that you need. How do you feel about taking the majority back in the Senate? Final minute. And We're going to take. Yeah, we're going to take the majority back. First off, I think Kevin McCarthy, Steve Scalise, and Tom Emmer are doing a great job at the NRCC, and I think Ron McDaniel is doing a good job at the at the RNC. And all of us working together is why we're going to win. But here's where we should win. We should win in Georgia. It's still a Republican state. Warnick is a Marxist, yep. so it's 100 percent with Schumer. That's not where Georgia is. Number two, we should win in Arizona. Kelly, oh, he, Mark Kelly said, oh, I'm a moderate. No, he's <laughs> not. 100 percent voting with Chuck Schumer. Right. We it's still a Republican state. We should win. If you look at the polls already in Nevada, where Republicans are ahead in the polls in Nevada, Cortez Basso, the Democrat, is not well known, has done nothing up here in the last five years. We should win there. We should win in, in New Hampshire. A lot of people were, you know, were disappointed that uh, Chris Noonan didn't run. But there are other people that are going to get into the race and we're going to win in, in New Hampshire. So we and there's no if it's ours to lose, in my opinion, if we do our job have great candidates, raise our money, we will win those four states and maybe more. Senator Scott, your leadership has never been more important than this year. This this is the most important election in our lifetime because the Democrat Party is seriously trying to just tip our, our country to some kind of dystopian socialist republic that we're not we are not born to be. We're Americans. We're born to be free and this this is, I believe, your your most important assignment that you've ever had in your career this year. Well, go to NRSC.org and help us. Um, we're we're going to do everything we can to get a majority back in, in the U.S. Senate and work with the House and start turning this country around. Senator, thank you for coming on Brian's program today. Have a good day. Have a great day. Bye bye. You do the same. Senator Rick Scott will be back in just a little bit. Don't go away. This is. The Brian Kilmeade Show. Giving you everything you need to know. It's Brian Kilmeade. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Welcome back. Harry Hurley partnering today with Allison, Eric, and Pete. Brian has the day off. He'll be back tomorrow. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. And let's do as we always do on the Brian Kilmeade Show whenever time permits, and that is to prioritize your calls. I know Brian has such a great, valued guest listenership uh, and likes to honor you all the time. We're going to go to the great state of New York and the great city, the greatest city still in the world, they say, WABC's own guest listener on the Brian Kilmeade Show. John, welcome to the program. Thank you, sir. Uh, good afternoon. I just wanted to make a point about the Cuomo situation. Everyone keeps saying the motives are you know, journalism integrity and sexual harassment, but in my opinion, that has nothing to do with anything. This is the progressives making a move on New York State. The Cuomo family has had control of the state for 50 years. They didn't just take out Andrew. They took out Chris. They're taking out all his allies and governor, government. And it's all been perpetrated by Letitia James, who is as far left as they come. And who will be the governor of New York State when it's all said and done? I'd like I, to hear your comments on that. Well, Thanks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you um... – at first glance, most people would not agree with your point, but your point is not only defendable, it's plausible. And I have long said 
that Letitia James was running for governor when she was running for attorney general. Uh, she telegraphed it. And there's no question. She took down two, two Cuomos with one shot. No doubt about it. And remember, it wasn't tens of thousands of people that died in nursing homes. That didn't take him down. It wasn't that he was, I called him the president of the Northeast governors because they all followed him, John, with every decision. So it was tens of thousands of more people uh, that got COVID-19 and died in nursing homes. It was the takedown of Letitia James. I absolutely concur with that. And, John, we thank you for listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Just a quick comment uh, before the end of the hour uh, about the president's decision regarding what's being called a diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Winter Olympics. It is Jimmy Carter 2.0. It is, I believe, President Biden trying to dance on the head of a pin and try to have his cake, if you will, and eat it too. let them eat cake. He almost said that uh, during the, uh, the Thanksgiving break. But you're either in or you're out. It's 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 clear as mud. This is the Brian Kilmeade show. New from the Fox News Podcasts Network. My name is Kennedy and welcome to my podcast, which will, I humbly say, single-handedly save the world. You're welcome. It's Kennedy Saves the World. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice. Brian Kilmeade. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian has the day off. Harry Hurley filling in today. Partnering with Allison, Eric, and Pete. Brian will be back tomorrow. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Thanks for spending this portion today with uh, with Brian's program. Great guest standing by on Brian's Newsmaker Hotline. The former police commissioner of the Boston Police Department. I remember his work vividly. Uh, because he served during a very consequential moment in history, the Boston Marathon bombing. And the commissioner served from 2006 to 2013 as the commissioner of the Boston Police Department. Ed Davis is here, who is the president and the chief executive officer of the Ed Davis Company. They're a security company, and they work with federal, state, and local officials. Ed, welcome to Brian's program. Good morning, Harry. It's nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you, sir. And I really want to talk about this smash and grab uh, industry that's going on in our country. It's it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace to hear people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, member of Congress, actually pretend like it's not really happening. And it is happening. And we see it happening with great regularity. I also want to get into these DAs that I believe have the George Soros philosophy of governance, which means that when you commit crimes, they're not really crimes. And I went to the latest statistics, Ed, of how much has been stolen since Democrats started their madness of stealing isn't stealing. Riots are no longer riots. Smash and grabs. Grab under a thousand dollars and you are out. You don't even go to prison. You're out before the paperwork's dry. The ink sixty eight point nine billion in the last complete year of smash and grab. This is a epidemic problem. Your thoughts, Ed? Well, the losses are staggering. I agree. Uh, from a financial perspective, it is uh, it, it is terrible. And I, we we work with companies and advise companies that are facing this threat across the.
the country. And, you know, when when people are stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars of goods in one, in one smash and grab, the company has to reflect on whether they want to maintain a, a place in that location. And, and so it has dramatic effects on the ongoing commitment the business world has to, to, to neighborhoods uh, that, that need as much help as they can get. So there are, there are ramifications, financial ramifications. But the biggest threat is to public safety and, and to the lives and, and, and uh, safety of, of the general public. You're going out shopping, uh, and, and especially at Christmas time, everybody's out in the stores, and you have to look over your shoulder to see if there's something like this happening. And it, it's not just active shooters. It's, it's gangs of thugs that are, that are looting stores, and you have to try to stay out of their way. And it, it's a frightening experience for anybody that goes through it. So, um, so the, 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 the trust of the community in public safety, the trust of society to maintain a civil world is at risk here because of some of the policies that uh, a small number of, of liberal DAs are following uh, that, that really is, it runs, runs in the face of what we learned in the 80s and 90s when we were able to drive the crime rate down. And I want to touch on, you, all your points were very, very valid, Ed. I want to talk on that point because if you live in a community where this is going on and you have companies, say a Walgreens, for example, that actually, and I think it's very unusual for a company of that side, size rather to, uh, to comment on the comments of a member of Congress because obviously you know, they just don't want the hassle of, of government on them, and yet they can't stay in a city where they have exorbitant police expenses to, to try to just keep their inventory on the shelves. They have people, as you know, coming in on motorbikes, bicycles, uh, pillowcases just on foot, and they just take whatever they want and they leave. And nothing happens to them. And then, of course, they're emboldened because they know, hey, especially if we take less than a thousand each, I think that's the reason why you had like 20 or more cars in that one example that um, is almost a loop on television these days of the smash and grab. They're taking less than a thousand. They know they're not going to go to prison and they've created their own uh, cottage industry. And it, what it winds up doing, as you mentioned that a little bit ago on Brian Kilmeade show, you, you mentioned that a store that you really need in your community, whether it's a food store, whether it's a Walgreens or whatever the, um, the, the store might be, they decide we can't stay here because the cost of doing business here, it just makes no sense. So they pack up and they leave. And then what happens is your community is now underserved. That's a disgrace. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if you are a politician at any level, whether it's a congressperson or a, uh, a district attorney, and you are you are providing cover for criminals or yeah. uh, putting policies in place that that remove the certainty of punishment. When I was in college uh, back at Northeastern in the 70s, I, I, I learned about the certainty of punishment in the equation of whether a crime will be committed. And they've now removed that certainty of punishment and allowed people to do things to enrich themselves and, and, and hurt the people who live in those communities that the politicians are supposed to be representing. It, it's, it's unconscionable. The LADA, for example, there have been a couple of different times where the community wants him removed. Uh, what do you say to the DAs that are out there? Uh, you take the, the horrific situation with the Christmas 
attack that took place. This individual, I'll say allegedly, although I think I could remove that word. I think it's very well established and documented, but allegedly punched the mother of his child in the face, ran her over at a gas station. He gets out on $1,000, and for all I know, it's 10% of 1000 but $1,000 uh, cash bail. He's back out on the street to five days later mow down this beautiful, gentle lady, elderly group, this wonderful young girl dance team and all these other people that 60-some people that were hurt and those that were killed. The law, the laws were on the books. He should have been in jail. He should not have been available to do what he did five days later. What do we do, Ed? You're an expert in this field. What do we do with these areas that are either appointing or electing this woke philosophy of uh, practicing criminal defense and, and just not charging people correctly, not keeping dangerous people uh, incarcerated until this disposition. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I have very strong thoughts about it. I think that um, there's so much uh, rhetoric out there. The narrative is that no one should go to jail, that everybody's all right, that it's just a matter of sort of you know, talking for them, getting them to do the right thing. That's a false narrative. It, it, it's not what the truth is here. There are people out there, uh, a small number of people, in, in every community that will attempt to get over and enrich themselves by violating the law. We've known that for many years, and it's been up to the police and the prosecutors to deal with that. So the police have had their hands tied uh, recently. It's, it's much more difficult to do proactive enforcement. And now the district attorney, not all the district attorneys, but some of them have signed on to this philosophy of, uh, you know, sort of opening up the prisons and letting everybody out. If there's violent crime occurring, if there's violent crime occurring, you need to protect the victims. The, the, The responsibility of a district attorney is about establishing justice for for both sides of the equation, but also protecting victims. And everybody seems to have lost the idea that the victims make a difference here, that they that they matter, that this is not victimless crime. People are paying uh, physically, they're paying financially. And, and, and I think we have to make sure that, that the victim component of this gets held up in every DA's office in, in the United States. Do you think we've turned the corner, Ed, and those just tuning into the Brian Kilmeade Show, Ed Davis, who's a security expert, he heads his own company in this space, works with federal, state, local officials, the former police commissioner of the Boston Police Department. He served uh, with distinction in that role from 2006 to 2013, including during the Boston Marathon bombing. I do have one question about that before we run out of time. We've got about four minutes, uh, Ed. But I want to talk about one other thing. I believe we've turned the corner in this whole um, defund the police, although we did have the thing in in San Francisco where three police officers, uniformed police officers, were were asked to leave. Please don't dine here. You're making us uncomfortable. Drives me crazy. Full disclosure, I'm the identical twin of a career retired police officer. It drives me nuts that they went from police went from heroes to this defund thing. and, and, And it's just I can't imagine how tough the job has become in the current environment where it's just completely out of control. However, even in areas that were gung-ho, and you remember the summer of love, remember that? Uh, It was just fantastic, Chaz and Chop, and it was just a beautiful summer that that, 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 that was on fire, and they would say fiery but peaceful protests. Uh, Madness was going on. 
I believe we've turned that corner, whether it's Seattle or any other uh, major metropolitan city that voted to defund the police. New York with the new mayor, Adams, he's going to put that money back in and put those specialized units back in that de Blasio took away. I think we've turned the corner on this and it's going to improve. What do you think? I totally agree with you. I think uh, people are realizing the folly of some of these ideas. And, um, and and frankly, they're afraid for their own safety and their family's safety. Yeah. You, you don't want to be facing these type of challenges when you're, when you're trying to get along with your life. Uh, it, it, the government's role is to provide uh, peace and, 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 and protection to their citizens. That's their primary role. Everything else is built upon that. And if you can't do that, if, if you walk into a mall and you're afraid that 80 people are going to crash in here with guns and steal all the, uh, all, the, uh, all, the, all the goods that, you, that you're trying to buy, uh, you just you, you, you don't have a safe environment. So you can't operate a society like that. And I think people are signing on to that right now. They're seeing it. And I think that, that there has been a positive change lately. I just hope it continues. You know all about the uh, April 15, 2013 Boston Marathon bombings. Uh, you were the commissioner of the Boston Police Department. What was that like? Because you don't know what it's almost like a mini September 11th type deal. You don't know the next plane's going to hit the second tower, and a third plane's going to hit the Pentagon, and a fourth plane's going to go down in in a, in a field because of great Americans, brave Americans that took the plane down in Western Pennsylvania. You don't really know what's coming next, so you really have to be so on guard, don't you? What was what was that like in your position uh, as commissioner during the the horrid acts of the Sarnia brothers? the worst day of my life to, to see the victims and the, and the people who were adversely affected by this senseless attack. But it, uh, to your point about preparing for it, just a month before this incident happened, we had uh, John Miller, who was with the, the NYPD now as a counterterrorism expert, head, but he was with the uh, DCI at the time. And, and he came into our office, met with my command staff, and gave us a briefing of what had happened in Mumbai in, in the uh, year before uh, this incident happened in, in Boston. And it was a coordinated, multi-pronged attack. And so we had been briefed on how these things work. We were prepared to deploy people appropriately to what the threat was. And we were anticipating follow-on attacks. Thankfully, they did not happen. Yeah. Uh, we were able to stop the one in New York before it went on. But um, but we we planning made all the difference in the world there, and it, it really it's a testament to the work people have done across the, across the nation on this. Ed Davis, we're down to thirty seconds. Is smash and grab here to stay, or can we reverse this? Easily reversible. Just got to get serious with this and hold these guys accountable. When they find out they're going to go to jail if they do this stuff, they'll stop doing it. Simple as that. Ed Davis of the Ed Davis Company and, of course, the former police commissioner of the Boston Police Department. Thank you for visiting on the Brian Kilmeade Show, Ed. Thank you, sir. Bye. You're welcome. Be well. Thanks for your service. We'll be back in just a little bit. Don't go away. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Giving you everything you need to know. It's Brian Kilmeade. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The One with Craig Gutfeld, the co-host of The Five, like you've never heard him before. You know him, you love him, you want to be like him. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Fast as three hours in radio, you're with Brian Kilmeade.
Welcome back. Harry Hurley partnering today with Allison, Eric, and Pete. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian will be back tomorrow. Uh, reminder, follow all Brian's book tour details and everything Brian Kilmeade at briankilmeade.com. There's also briankilmeadeshow.com with a tremendous amount of content. The um, conversation between President Biden of the United States of America and President Putin of Russia hopefully will, and I know hope is not a strategy, will hopefully be bearing some fruit. Peter du- Peter Ducey from the Fox News Channel, White House correspondent, has he has reported, not confirmed, he has reported that there may be a push that the United States may push Germany to halt the Nord Stream 2 pipeline if Russia continues its provocative action towards Ukraine. If this happens, I will be one of the first to say, because we believe in intellectual honesty, that's presidential leadership, and it has been sorely lacking. There is a a White House briefing scheduled for 2 p.m. today. At at this time, it's believed to be a 2 p.m. briefing. To be be sure, a lot of times they don't. Their clock runs sometimes a little bit slow, but it it is 2 p.m., as we address this issue now, and this is not confirmed, but it is being reported uh, that this may, in fact, be happening. And when we shared with you earlier in Brian's program, the press secretary, Jen Psaki, talking about some of the sanctions and different things, this is what you do. There has to be a consequence. If Vladimir Putin sees that there is no consequence, then he will do what he wants. If he sees that there is an economic consequence that he's unwilling to accept, then you can back him off. But he has thousands of troops. They're making their way. It's, it's extremely provocative action. And there has to be decisive, bold American leadership, not only from the American president, but the American president, who is the leader of the free world, inspiring other nations And that's why you need a strong president who can move other nations to do what you know is not only in the best interests of the United States, but in the best interests of the world. And certainly you can imagine with bated breath, Ukrainians waiting to see uh, exactly what's happening here. So this is um, this is a tipping point moment of truth from a foreign policy standpoint for the Biden administration. What's coming up after this break I've been looking forward to this. Uh, A friend that I met in New York at a great event that Brian and my mutual friend Michael Harrison held, uh, Talkers New York, which is an annual happening every year, where Brian Kilmeade right now is on the Mount Rushmore of all talk radio hosts in America. Now, keep in mind, there's only room for four. And uh, Brian Kilmeade is clearly one of the most relevant Two-way talkers in America today, obviously a double threat minimum, actually a triple threat, radio, television, and the written word with his best-selling books. We're going to be visiting with Tom Garrett, who was a congressman, United States congressman from Virginia's 5th Congressional District. He's the producer of Exile, a six-part documentary series which is focusing on persecution of religious groups worldwide, doing God's work. It's an amazing interview that we're going to be doing with Congressman Garrett. That is next on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Don't go away. Reminder, Brian will be back tomorrow. And Harry with Allison 
with Eric and Pete. It is The Brian Kilmeade Show. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, publisher of The Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going. Subscribe to the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Nearly 600,000 Rohingya have crossed the border with limited food and water. Leading human rights groups say what's going on in Nigeria to Christians is a genocide. Another disturbing story. A pregnant Jewish woman has just been assaulted in London. American Congressman Thomas Garrett, who traveled alone to Sudan, is being credited with securing the release of the imprisoned Christians. Between Iraq and Syria, three and a half million Christians in 2003 and maybe 400,000 remaining today. Maybe in a few years, there is no Christianity anymore here. Wow, you can tell what a powerful just sampling of this incredible six-part, it's a six-episode documentary, and we have the producer, former United States Congressman from the Commonwealth of Virginia, 5th Congressional District, Tom Garrett, also retired military, so thank you, Tom, for your service. And before we even begin the interview, I have to send a shout out to one of Brian Kilmeade's fantastic affiliates, WCHV, Joe Thomas, morning show host, and also the program director. Joe and I met at a great occasion. And in fact, Brian was there as well. Talkers New York with Michael Harrison. And a friend of mine actually works for Joe, who used to work with us. And I just fell in like with Joe right away. Joe Thomas was very generous today. They did promos about Tom Garrett's appearance here today on the Brian Kilmeade Show. So, Joe, on behalf of Brian and Allison, Eric and Pete and your pal Harry, uh, thanks for all you do for the Brian Kilmeade Show. And without further delay, Congressman Garrett, welcome to Brian's program. Harry, thank you so much for having me. Joe Thomas is an amazing guy, and he and does so much work for for causes like Habitat for Humanity and the Alzheimer's Association. And says you're a great guy, so I'm excited to be on for that reason. But yeah, um, we're crowdfunding this thing because Hollywood won't make this movie uh, series because they've sold their souls to China, right? We've spoken to all the studios you've heard of, and they've said, look, we love this, but you got to promise not to talk bad about China. And that's like trying to do a doc about the Beatles and not mentioning John Lennon. You know, you can't do a human rights feature without telling the truth about the biggest offender of our time. So, so we, we have to crowdfund it. And I got to tell you, Harry, like every once in a while, God lets me be part of something cool. And the production quality, the, the, the people we're working with, this thing's awesome. ExileSeries.com, because we're crowdfunding, I'm plugging. ExileSeries.com, the trailer, like it's, it makes me look way cooler than I actually am. But we can, we can save lives if we tell the truth about what's happening to people of minority status, primarily based on faith, around the world. Because, because the bad actors, the cockroaches are going to scramble when we turn the lights on. Congressman Garrett, you know all too well, and this is such, I can't wait to see your six-episode documentary. You know all too well the anti-Semitism that still exists. We, gosh, we have anti-Semitism in our House of Representatives uh, with horrific things that are said 
about Jews, of course, the Uyghurs in China, Christians in Africa. We could go on and on. Let me take a jaunt to Afghanistan. Just imagine this, and you do, you know it all too well. Imagine you're of a generation that you've only known freedom, that you could go to, you're a young girl, you you knew you could wear normal clothes, you could sing, you could play music, you could go to school, uh, you had full participation in society, and then, just like that, Joe Biden throws the switch, and we have, I'm not going political on you, but it happened, and we do everything in a backwards order, and the next thing you know, the Taliban is right back in power. They're all freed, all the leaders, all freed out of prisons, and they're running the country. Women immediately, they, the Taliban said, oh, women, are, they're going to be on the government. They're going to be here. They're going to be there. Immediately, they shut the schools down. Immediately, they started doing horrific things to women all over again. Talk about the women in Afghanistan, ones that had lived under the Taliban, that then tasted, had the thirst and taste of freedom to some degree for 20 plus years. And then, of course, a young generation of young adults. Now, that's all they ever knew. This whole new existence has got to be unbearable. Talk about that for a second. So, I'm, I'm, you know, this is maybe going to sound strange, but I've been blessed to have slept in three of the seven recognized state sponsors of terrorism. My passport gets me long looks wherever I go. <laughs> and it's amazing to, to sort of try to grasp the reality that you just described. It's as if it's a beautiful sunny day and suddenly someone turns out the lights. And And let me tell you from my heart, right, this is – God-given rights, endowed by our Creator, right, with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, right? Life with what? Life without fear. Fear from what? Fear existential, and that word gets overused. Fear because of our convictions, because of our ethnicity. So the women in Afghanistan, the men in Afghanistan, some of the stuff that I've had the amazing blessing to, to do is speak to women from the female militias in North and Eastern Syria who fought ISIS, I mean, like, you know, infantry frontline units. And, and, I'm, and I'm sitting there with tears in my eyes listening to beautiful young women who've been raped innumerable times. And, I'm, and I'm, I said, she's, this is a true story. I looked at the camera. I said, she's a hero. Yeah. And the translator told her what I said. And she goes, well, thank you, but we're just trying to survive. Right? And, she, and, then, and that's right, Congressman. She she actually is one of the lucky ones that survived, as you know, and it's very graphic, but they rape women to death. The things they have done are so medieval, so unbelievable. And and we left and we left our friends there. We left translators. We left people that put their lives on the line. I mean, it, and of course, we left uh, Americans that are still there. We meanwhile, don't, the media the, won't talk right, about it, Harry, but they're still there, the too. Optic, we threw bad actors on airplanes without vetting them so we yes. could boast that we got 140,000 people yes. out, and we, we got the wrong 140,000 people out. Yes. So then somebody does something terrible in, in, in the upper Midwest or in Texas, and we color all these Afghans with the same brush because that's a human instinct, and it's horrible because, again, blessing to get to Sudan and, and Syria and Iraq. These are human beings like you and me, and God loves all his children. So Amen, brother. People go. People go. Oh, you you got a death wish? No, I have a life wish. Yeah. I mean, this is, and I need people to go to exileseries.com, check out the trailer. We, you know, not I, but God, and not me, but we. This is something that can be done, and if we shine the light on this oppression, we can roll it back because people will change how they behave if the world condemns them. You are listening to former Congressman Tom Garrett. He is a former congressman from the Commonwealth of Virginia's 
5th Congressional District. He is the producer of a six-part documentary series, Exile, which is focusing on the persecution of religious groups worldwide. And I'll tell you what, this must cause you to lose sleep when you learn we are so blessed, even if we have bad government at some point you know, in time or the perception in our world of our own philosophy of governance, we believe that we may have bad government. I mean, to compare what is going on with anti-Semitic attacks in Europe, the Uyghurs in China, the women, and, and even men, as you say, uh, because there have been some brutalized uh, men beaten near death, beaten to death uh, in Afghanistan, Christians in Africa, and, and so many more examples. I would imagine this actually, when you see these disturbing things, and you know more than all of us, this probably causes you to lose sleep. You know, so I went to Congress because my parents said you got to do the best you can with what you've been given to leave it a little bit better than you found it. And and I was really unfulfilled uh, and, and just very frustrated with how the system's broken. Happened into a circumstance where I was able to defy everyone in the administration and the Foreign Affairs Committee, spend my money, go into Sudan, snatch uh, nine people out, two from prison who'd been there for years for, for, for aiding rebels, which meant giving food and medicine to refugees. Um, and and that felt like I wanted Congress to feel like the, I'm like wow I did something that matters that matters that there are nine people living and working in the United States of America who don't have to fall asleep at night wondering if they're going to be killed and and so yeah this country is not perfect ours uh, but we strive to form a more perfect union if done properly the American Revolution should be perpetual because we're humans so we will fail. Um, but since we've been blessed, to whom much is given, from whom much is asked, right? And so you talk about the six-part series. It's, it's, a, it's an aspiring six-part series. We've put a lot of our money into this. Uh, but we can't do it without help. So, again, and I'm so proud of the product, exileseries.com. I know I'm shamelessly plugging it. you got to do that when you're crowdfunding something. Take a look at, the, at what we've got out there. If you believe like I do, and I do with every fiber of my being, we start telling these stories and people are just shocked. One of the scenes, we talk about the stadium in Raqqa where ISIS would take people who disobeyed the caliphate. They'd throw them in a cage, and then for good measure, they'd throw the head of someone they loved in the cage with them oh. and leave them for a few days. This I'm not making up. Oh. And, and so, you know, if good is real, and it is then evil is real. And so what's our duty then? Not to give your life savings, you know, but it, people say, hey, you're going to raise $3 million. Well, if every American or if 1% of all Americans give $1, we're there. And, and, and again, I'm not doing – this is – what higher calling is there than to help your brothers and sisters, right? You are and listening. this is also something, Harry – yeah, that, that, that everyone can agree on, right? That Marjorie Taylor Greene and AOC should be able to agree that you should be able to live without fear in the place of your birth. Yeah, although they attack some of them that you mentioned. One of them in particular has attacked yeah. Jews. I mean, so uh, I believe you, uh, but there are even exceptions in our own Congress, which is very disturbing that in the People's House that that could even be said and be true. You're listening to former United States Congressman Tom Garrett of the Commonwealth of Virginia's 5th Congressional District. He's the producer of Exile, the six-part documentary series. And I know, um, I just know you're going to agree with this. A six-part documentary series and you having the funds that you need in order to make it happen, knowledge is power. So I'm a believer of that. But then I go one more, you've got to go one more step. Just knowing about something isn't enough. It can disturb us. It can shock us to our core. 
but it is then required that we take action. What action can be taken once we know what we will learn? So I think that there's a foreign policy paradigm that we haven't followed as a nation or as a region the West, and that is that we simply say we won't do business with people who rape, murder, displace, displace, uh, oppress their, their minorities. We won't do business with you. And we have turned a blind eye for strategic interests since the end of the Second World War. You talk about the Rohingya in Myanmar. How about the Wa, the Kachen, the Chen, the Karen, these tribes, mostly Christian, all suffering under the same regime in an 80-year civil war that started when the West, the U.S. and Britain, said, if you help us displace the Japanese, we'll give you autonomy. Then the war ended, and we said, yeah, never mind. And so you go to the Montagnards and the Hmong. So – so we should change our foreign policy paradigm because the world has to choose. Are they going to do business with the West or with China? China will buy them and oppress them. Uh, and so if we, if we say we're doing business with people who treat their minorities well, people will start treating their minorities well. This is not oversimplified. Right. Like, for example, and I believe our president is becoming Jimmy Carter more and more every day, he announces this um, uh, diplomatic boycott of the the Winter Olympics. And I'm I'm a former athlete, not Olympic caliber at all. And I know Brian was a great soccer player uh, and loved sports and did a lot of sports in his career. But I don't want our Olympians who have been training for four or more years to not get their shot, which may be one and done. But a diplomatic boycott when you attend the Olympics doesn't it's fake. It's 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 you're either in or you're out. Uh, And again, I'm not advocating that our athletes get their hearts broken, but we're doing business with China, uh, and they will exploit in, in any way that they want that America is here, whether the diplomats are here or not. They'll rub it in our face. I see it coming. Uh, I think it's a bad strategy to go with only a half a loaf of even that. So there's one example of we're curry favoring in a very, I think, intellectually dishonest way. What is it about exposing religious and ethnic persecution around the world and making us aware of this, Congressman Garrett, that and we're in the final minute and 20 seconds, that this is, I, I believe, such a passion of yours. How, why is this so important to you? Because you and I were born, the odds of being born in America are about one in 26. Let that settle in. I know i got a minute left. So we've all been blessed already. And we have work to do in this country. It's not perfect. But because we're so fortunate, right, when you say, oh, you're privileged, you have to give X to Y, that means nothing. But when you recognize in your own heart that you've been blessed and you give something, XLSeries.com, that means everything. And truly, like people working together, I know I'm a conservative, um, but people working together can do amazing things. That's America. So – yeah, I mean, the best I've ever really felt for anything I did while in politics was getting guys out of prison in a country where I wasn't allowed to be. Wow. And then I got to go back into Iraq and Syria, and I fell in love with people. So, and you find yeah. that people around uh, the world, I mean, given the opportunity, people just love people. It doesn't matter where we're from. Uh, people have a thirst for freedom and opportunity, and they're, as you know, they're so envious. Even on our worst day, that's why I get so disappointed. Some people just get so down our worst day, we are so far the greatest country in the history of the world, uh, is, is just amazing. I know we have to go. I want to end where I began by saying that, Congressman Garrett, you are doing God's work. I'm trying, Harry. Thank you so much, and uh, God bless you and the audience. ExileSeries.com. Just check out that trailer. I'm very proud of it. I think it matters. Can't wait to see it. Wishing you well. I know you'll get there to the finish line. As Brian Kilme would say, go get him.
It's uh, time to go to our our break. We're going to be right back. More of the Brian Kilmeade Show right after this. Educating, entertaining, enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. The White House says they will control inflation, this bill. Do you believe that? I haven't seen that. I've heard that. I don't I don't know how you control inflation when there's a, the first year of spending is going to be quite large. Uh, and that's an awful lot more of uh, federal dollars going into a, a time when we have uncertainty and inflation now. You're very skeptical. Well, I'm not skeptical. I'm just basically a realist. There's an awful lot there and a lot of changes to be done. And you're throwing it at a time when it's very vulnerable in our economy. You are listening to United States Senator Joe Manchin on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Harry filling in today for Brian with Allison, Eric and Pete. Brian will be back tomorrow under this uh, Build Better Back, which is really it's just so intellectually dishonest and, and a level of spending and wait till interest rates go up and we have to pay what's in the several hundred billion interest and it starts to turn into a trillion in interest payments before we can even fund the first life-saving program or provide the first uh, ounce of government. Uh, it's really going to matter. And Senator Joe Manchin, and, and also I want to say to a lesser extent, but to a significant extent, Senator Kristen Sinema from Arizona. And you'd think that Senator Mark Kelly, who's actually running, would be voting and talking like Kristen Sinema, but he's not. He, he's voting woke. He, as uh, Senator Scott has said on the Brian Kilmeade show in the past, uh, Kelly's voting 100 percent with this radical agenda. So that was just one piece on that clip that you heard of Senator Manchin with questions he has. He has a lot of questions on the size of Build Better Back, what's in it. And they're looking, uh, the Senate Majority Leader by tiebreaker only, Chuck Schumer, is looking to jam this through on Christmas Eve when he thinks you're not looking. And that's how insidious, creepy, and strategic they are about this kind of stuff. Build better back doesn't mean what the words say. It means something altogether different. I want to take this opportunity to thank Brian Kilmeade, Allison, Eric, and Pete, who I think are just an amazing team. This is a fantastic show. For the privilege of working with them today, on behalf of Brian, I wish you a great rest of your day. Brian will be back tomorrow. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.